0: You are listening to the Testudo Times Podcast Network.
1: Hey guys, welcome to the latest episode of the Testudo Times Outtakes Podcast. We have a very special guest today. I'm here with Cody and then I'm here with three-time pro bowler and former Maryland player Sean Merriman. What's up?
0: What's up? What's going on?
1: How much? How are you? Are you excited for this Penn State game?
0: Yeah, I can't wait, man. Um, just I'm a big energy person, and uh, you got some games that are just big games because it's two schools and rivalries or whatnot, but the energy, I think, for this game is going to be different than any other game during the season.
1: Do you have like a favorite game that you guys played against Penn State or that you remember
0: most? No, I didn't get a chance to play against them. Which, oh, right. That was before which, like, yeah, they reignited before, Exactly. It. I'm old school, so... Um, we didn't get a chance to play against them. But I wish, man, because, you know, you got you had so many guys that would leave here and then go to Penn State. And I'm like, I wanted to play them so we can win. That's, that I can show them, like, this is why you should have stayed home. So, um, no, we didn't get the opportunity to play Penn State.
2: So there's been, like, a lot of debate whether, you know, Penn State's like a rivalry or whatever. But either, either way, everybody's always getting up for the Penn State game. Well, who was the one team or one program that you guys usually – got up for, uh, back then in the ACC?
0: Um, I think for us, it was always NC State. I think that was, um, because it was, it was just always, it was rowdy, right? I mean, Georgia Tech, you know, they had good teams and, uh, you know, obviously Florida State was the, was the mega, right? Because they were, especially when I was playing, they were so good, had so many guys to come out. And, um, but I would think as far as rivalry, because, when I, when I think of, like, rivalry, it's, it's bigger than the game. Like, there's emotions from the fans. and We had one year where we beat them, and they were throwing things on the field. And it was, like, crazy. Um, then my former teammate with the Chargers, Philip Rivers, was there. Mm-hmm. So, and I, at the time, like, I hated Phillip. <laughs> and, uh, you know, I just, I, I just he was such a great quarterback and such a competitor. Like, I just got up for him. Um, so yeah, I would say at that time for me, it was NC State.
2: So did you ever talk to Philip years after about that rivalry? Oh yeah. yeah. When he
1: got drafted, was uh, that like a uh, for sure, thing? For
0: sure. Because he, he's never beaten me in, in college. So that <laughs> I, I hung that on my, I hung that hat oh, nice. my whole career. Um, there was actually one of the best photos that, um, that, that probably we've probably ever had. Uh, the year that we faced off against them and we beat them and uh, Philip and I were in each other's face at the end the end zone and they got us face to face about to like duke it out in the back of the end zone at the end of the game. And uh, we actually did when I got with the charges and he was there already of course, mm-hmm. we did a uh, like an autograph signing um, of that pitcher. So that to me was like iconic because you go, you go from a guy who you just absolutely couldn't stand because <laughs> he was so good and such a competitor talked so much trash. And then uh, you go and be his teammate, and find out he's he's one of the best guys to ever be around.
1: Yeah, and you know you're known as you know your nickname, lights out. Yeah, you've got the whole brand around it. Mm-hmm. I've heard a little bit about the story, but I have to hear firsthand how it's all started.
0: Um. Well, okay. So I went to uh, I went to Frederick Frederick Douglass and up in Marlboro here in Pidgey County. Grew up um, actually about 20 minutes from from campus. And uh, my sophomore year, um, we we were playing a team called Fort Meade. And um, I knocked out four guys in one game, and um, I remember that remember that game because I was coming off the field, and about twenty students come run up to me and they're like, "Oh man, you knocked the, you knocked those guys lights out!" And I was like, "Yeah, call me lights out." <laughs> and it stayed like I, the next day in school, everybody was calling me lights out or lights for short, and it 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 traveled with me here. Um, and I, will never, never forget getting here as a freshman and, uh, EJ Henderson and some of the older guys, uh, they wouldn't, they wouldn't call me lights out. It actually, so they start calling, uh, Pepco, right? So everybody would call me Pepco, right? Because it was the light and gas electricity company. (laughs) So even still to this day, like some of the guys here, like EJ Henderson and Leon Joe and, um. Uh, Randy Starks, Caron Cox, Denard Wilson—like some of the older guys who were here—still call me Pep to this day. <laughs> Either Pep or Lights, but Lights kind of grew a, a thing of its own. I was—we um, had our first big game uh, my freshman year on um, uh, against Georgia Tech on ESPN. The wide y- receiver—I I didn't start, but when I got in the game, I dropped in the coverage, wide receiver caught the ball, and I flattened him hard. You know, like knocked him out in his back. And I got up and celebrated. Came on the sideline, and and Coach Frieden, uh, who, you know, I played for and be honest mm-hmm. today, and told me that if I ever do that dance again, I'll never play.
1: <laughs> Didn't you do it again? Now? I did it. I did it again. <laughs>
0: of course, I did it again. But, um, you know, and and I, it really, you know, it's funny because I mean, Frieden was tough. Coach mm-hmm. Frieden was he was he was really tough. Great coach, but he's really tough. And um, for me, I, I kind of like put my head down and I was like, man, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm never going to do that dance again. But I walked right past coach Frege and, and black me and the rest of the coaches and, the, and my teammates kind of smacking me on the head. Like, Oh, what was that thing you just did what, you know, do it again. And I was like, I'm, I'm keeping that. I'm, I'm, I'm going to be doing this from now on. So that's kind of, how the whole thing started. So but, was that
2: just a, a spot in a moment? Is that just what you were feeling at the time?
0: Yeah. So I had um, I have this uh, lights out tattoo mm-hmm. with the hand and a switch on my right forearm. Mm-hmm. So I, what what happened was I kind of just after the big hit, it was Watkins. I've never forget it was Watkins came across the across the um, middle, and I kind of just raised my hand up like I was doing, flipping flipping the light switch on and off, mm-hmm. and um, you know I got I ended up. Free, coach region pulled me out of the game and we got a flag for for me for like 12 men being on the field and uh or yeah which told me being on the field and so that's that's why I remember it was such a big deal because we got a flag I did a dance it was a big hit it was like everything and it was like the right moment where kind of lights out was was born.
1: And did the did the dance like always stay the same? Did it evolve a little bit more It we're evolved to the NFL? It,
0: yeah, it evolved more because I was just kind of flipping the switch with my hand, uh, here. Um, and I didn't jump up and down or do anything yeah. like that because that would have <laughs> that been a flag for sure. Uh but when I got into the NFL where things were a little bit more lenient, uh, mm-hmm. you know, I pulled it out and, and from that from that day it just it stayed.
1: Who's the best sack dance or you know, dance like that in the NFL right now?
0: Um, it's hard, man, because you know guys aren't original mm-hmm. anymore. You you see them all doing like the same thing. Um, you know I I see some of the some of the bigger guys actually. The interior line got the best sack dances right now. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know we had a we had a time. I think I I love Von Miller's like the hip thrust one. Mm-hmm. I think that's even though it's not original, I think it's pretty pretty cool. Um, back when I was playing, that, that was like the thing. It was like a competition. You know, every week, cause you know you're going to get a highlight. You know it's going to be shown again, and you got to, you know, come out with something good. So it wasn't
2: just who could get the most sacks, but it was like who could get the, who had the best dance following that sack. Oh yeah,
0: yeah, no doubt about it. Because um, f- for me, it, it was it was weird because for me it was it was like branding mm-hmm. back then, right? You got a nickname lights like, out. You you know you're known as this, uh, you know, kind of this personality and big hitter, and you play with this demeanor. On oh, by the way, you got a a sack dance that I mean, just now getting out the car, and two guys were jogging, and it was like, holy, sh- that's lights out, right? <laughs> and he stopped, and they kind of did the switch real quick, but then they kept running, right? So like, I you know, and that's that's pretty much everywhere I go in a, mm-hmm. in a country, which is, you know, kind of crazy. I'll see somebody at, at a red light, you know, they roll down that window and kind of stick their hand out and do that. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, dude, I mean, it's, it's cool to me. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, you know, it's, it kind of had a lasting effect on, um, on people. So
2: back then when, when you were going through and you said it was a competition, who was like the biggest competitor? Who were you trying to beat out? Back
0: um, then? you know, I, it was a few like Jared, like Jared Allen mm-hmm. always had a really good one with the, with the lasso mm-hmm. and the rope. Mm-hmm. Um, I liked his. Uh DeMarcus Ware had the big mm-hmm. you know, the big slam. Mm-hmm. My 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 uh former teammate Sean Phillips had the bowling thing which was uh which was cool. Um yeah, we it was just it was a couple guys that always that, that brought it. That brought it every week.
1: So you're gonna break it out like if you know Peandre Jones or Shaq Smith gets a sack uh tomorrow?
0: Oh man, yeah. Yeah, I might <laughs> you know. If this thing get crazy enough, and they need just that little bit of edge to, to get more pumped up, you know, they might stop me from running on the field doing the lights out dance. <laughs> that just might be a given.
1: How are you feeling to see uh, Coach Frieden again? How excited are you to like kind of honor him and do all that?
0: I, I am, man. Um, I think that uh, you know, Coach Frieden, um, you know, he he not only changed the program, but he changed the mentality here too. Um, and I wasn't joking about, you know, he was tough, especially on me early on because I was. You know, kind of like coming in, and I was wild, and I was like, I wanted to, mm-hmm. I was talking, and I wanted to hit everybody. Like I was just like ready to always go, and um, you know, just one of the things he took me, you know, when he took me at the game, and we would always talk. I mean, he was, it was very tough, very tough coach, um, but you know, he kind of put something in you that you you take on to your future, and you take on for the rest of your life. And I did that. I mean, it was it was almost like when I got to the NFL, it was easier. Mm-hmm. because it was it was so tough it was tough here you know it was tough being a coach and you 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 got gathered so much information and you just knew more you worked harder and you had a better understanding of the game of football so by the time I got to NFL and people were like man you jump out and I had a 10 and a half 11 sacks whatever I did my rookie year and they're like man well I said well we had it tough I mean, we had a really really we had great coaches in college and we had a, a really tough tough uh situation
1: and I saw your tweet when they were tweeting that throwback to the first Under Armour commercial, you, you snuck in to try and watch I that. I did.
0: I did. Um, I'll never forget. Um, cause they were shooting the commercial and I, like I, like I said, I grew up here in PG County. We, we've never, I've never seen other, a commercial was only on TV. That was the only time I seen a commercial up to that point. And I was like, man, they're shooting a, a real commercial right here. There's no way I'm missing this. Mm-hmm. And, um, so I stayed there, and, and you know, Erica Baggul was in there, and he, they ran the scene. I, I don't know twenty times, and he he was hang cleaning at the time, and it was like we we protect this house, and he was screaming. And I remember because he was so big and just jacked up, and it was like almost like oh my god, this is a real commercial that's going on, and um, you know, and I was late to class. <laughs> I was late to class, and I had to run the stairs. I had to run a stadium stage. Well, but you know what? It was worth it. It was worth it. I'm telling you. I mean, it was worth it because um, that, to me, it struck something. Um, you know, being that age and seeing that, and knowing that that is a possibility, and I end up, um, you know, kind of doing my own thing later with lights out.
1: Did you guys try and bargain your way into get to be in the commercial?
0: I wish. I wish. Like, I don't know if that what rules is that that's a yeah, or what. But I would have. I would have loved that because. Um, you know, it was it was to me it was born here, so it was like a special feeling that the very first commercial I was, you know, ten feet away from. And um, to see what it were under Armour, what where they are now and the things they've done. Um, you you almost feel like you've been a part of that.
2: So going back to Coach region for a moment, you know, when, when you were coming in he was he was becoming acclimated to the program as well. Yeah. You know, do you remember the first time that you really sat down with him and, and had a conversation and how did that how did that go?
0: Yeah, um, actually, you know, Loxley uh, um, it was, heavy, was the one really, really heavily recruiting me. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, i will forgetting it. Now, I think I remember now that when I was being uh, recruited and I was a sophomore, I came here during the um, offseason when I had mm-hmm. a three-day camp with all the mm-hmm. kids from uh, from Maryland and D.C., Virginia and the area, they come here with a mm-hmm. three-day camp. And I just remember like spreading the camp, right? I mean, I was going in like hitting everybody and I had a great camp for the three days. And I and that really put me on the map. Um, so they and this was when Vandy when Vandy was still here, but I was officially offered mm-hmm. and um and they told me they was gonna offer me, but my junior year is what they offered. Mm-hmm. And I knew at that time that that's where I wanted to go. I wanted to be here. Mm-hmm. Um and two, you know, we I, I we grew up very, very like Underprivileged, and we didn't have a whole lot, and um, I didn't want I didn't want Coach Frieden to come and see where we lived at because we lived in a, a, a super bad neighborhood, and things were like really really bad for us at the time. And um and I told him that, and he understood. Like he he knows you know my family and my background, where I come from, and um, but you know, I told him I felt confident enough that this is where I wanted to be that he he didn't have to come out and see me and you know go through the process this I knew this was home it was nowhere else that I wanted to go I didn't even take a visit and you know I had you know I had a I don't know forget a brown uh Safeway bag that I filled up with all the offers that I had from other colleges from you know anyone you can name I had a, a bag full of them and I just knew that this is where I wanted to where I wanted to be so
2: Loxley had a he had a big uh, input on, you know, recruiting you here? Like, yeah. what about the conversation with him? You know, everybody says that Loxley's such a great recruiter and everything, but what what did he sit down and talk to you about?
0: Well, um you know, a couple of things. Him being from here and from the area, uh, there, there's a very relatable um, thing that you have, especially with a, a young, um, you know, African-American kid that for me and my, my standpoint didn't grow up with a dad um, you come from a very underprivileged situation and, you know, you, you look for someone who can relate to that. They know what you're going through or what you're, what, what you've been through. So you feel comfortable automatically one two, Loxley is going to tell you, uh, coach Loxley is going to tell you exactly what it is, right? he's going to tell you, ex- uh, up front. there's no, um, you know, beating around the bush and that makes you also feel comfortable. Right. Because you go on these visits and I hear all horror stories. Right. I mean, they lay the lay the red carpet out for you and you get there. And that red carpet was like <laughs> an imaginary like piece of plastic <laughs> rolled out. Like you don't ever get that treatment again. And, um, you know, I, I felt I felt very confident that uh, that this was the person that I'm going to uh, be playing for. Or these these are the coaches I'm going to be playing for when I get to the University of Maryland. And that's still it.
1: And, you know, what was your reaction when you saw him get the head coaching job here and, you know, how excited are you for him to have this opportunity?
0: You, you know, you um, for me, uh, I, I want the, the I always wanted the school to get back to dominance. Right. Like when we played here um, during my era and then the year before I got here, people feared playing us. I mean, they, they didn't nobody wanted to come and really play. They knew you had to strap it up and bring your lunch when you came and played at the University of Maryland like that theater turtle was real you you didn't want to play us we had so many different um athletes and superstars that really and on our defense alone, on our team, but on mainly on our defense that played in the NFL, that had long careers and, and very successful and whatnot. And we were just tough. And we we're a tough team. Um so we just just all these years I was I just wanted whoever was going to do it. I knew that who could do it. And who would be the best for the job? But you have to support who's here by supporting the school. Because this is where I went. This is my home. I grew up 20 minutes down the road. And so you're supporting and hoping that you get the best from whoever's here. But in the back of your mind, you're always saying, man, this I, I can't wait till they bring locks back. You know at some point, sometime that that's going to happen because there's too many different synergies and connections. For him not to be, uh, and then you have somebody who also understands what it means to be here, because that's that's another thing too. Like, you know, you go, you look at all the um, historic schools, the Miami's, the Florida States, or Alabama's. Look how many guys go back to their to their school. Like, look at the game, and look how many guys on on the sideline that, that played when their when their schools were dominant. Um, and I felt that over the years, you you missed that by having someone coaching here uh, that don't know what it means to be a Turk. and that that was uh, that's what I'm most excited about now even though I'm you know way across the country uh, doing my thing with, with with the with TV and also uh, other things that um, makes me happy to be a Turk like I'm, I'm I'm like walking around in LA or wherever I'm traveling to and I'm like proud as hell just to be a Turk
1: what do you think of how the team looks so far and how you know was Penn State game coming up
0: uh, you look I I think that they had they look good they look really good right then um the first two games they look great but you know they had their first what I call trip up yeah. right they had their first trip up and even watching going watching how the season went, you, you see some guys get injured and some guys go down so you, you know that that's gonna happen every year um but you hope that you can get past a team like Temple because th- that's a trip-up game, and as a coach or or someone around the um, you know around the team, that never comes up. You don't want to say that you know this is a game we got to go out and play because they can beat us. You know, you, you go out, you go out and play your hardest, your best every single uh, week, but it really was a game that you look and say, man, this team could trip us up, and and that's what happened. So they had their first taste of adversity and you know which way what way to to bounce back from that than, um you know going out and getting a big win against Penn State
1: are there any guys on the team that you can definitely like see playing on Sundays?
0: oh yeah i mean you, the thing is now i mean yeah absolutely you got you got guys but um <clears throat> i think most mo- most importantly you 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 have to show out and, and, I, and I said it before you have to show out against the big big schools right um you, you, there's two stat games first two games they had those are easy to put up numbers I think that this week you have a big game in shining moments those are the guys who are gonna be playing on Sundays and I always and I always say that you that's how you make a name for yourself you know that Scouts are going to be watching mm-hmm. um you know that the country' is going to be watching everybody's gonna be paying attention to this game this is the game you go and show out for. And you're going to have, you know, three or four guys and probably one or two guys that take the game over completely where he's going to be unstoppable. That's the guys that are going to be playing on Sunday.
1: What do you think of Anthony McFarlane?
0: He's beast. Just a just – uh, you know, I call him a dog,
1: mm-hmm.
0: you know, and um, a, a guy that's going to be playing on Sunday. But I'm, I'm sure he'll, he'll prove that tomorrow too.
2: So – uh, jumping up to some NFL stuff, yeah. you know, there's this story that we wanted to hear from you firsthand hand about uh, a package of popcorn and um, <laughs> a light <laughs> t-shirt to uh, Jason Taylor. <laughs>
0: yeah. God. Uh, yeah. So how did all that go down? So, okay, you know, I, I got, so 2006, I got suspended for the, for the supplement, <laughs> stimulant, whatever. I got I, I got suspended for four games. And uh, I came out and said, Look, man, look, I, I, I made a mistake, I sent everything in, I thought I did it right, obviously, I was wrong. Took my suspension, mm-hmm. I got no problem, NFL got rules, and I'm and I'm good with that. Um, no, but when I came back, I started to go on like a rampage the street because I was like so pissed I got suspended. And I was like, Okay, watch when I come back, I'm gonna have more sacks than what I and I was telling myself this for four weeks. Um, and I was in uh, this time of Hurricane Katrina too, and I went to go spend. Uh, a week out there and help rebuild homes. Cause I was mm-hmm. like, I was, I, I wanted to get back on the field, mm-hmm. came back, tore it up, had a great year, led the league in sacks. Uh, myself, uh, Jason Taylor and champ Bailey, we're all, all up for the defensive player of the year. Mm-hmm. And I, I just, I know I'm, I know I'm going to win. I, I just got this feeling like, you know, you, you're supposed to be like, um, Oh, you know, hope I win. I was Like, no, no, I was like <laughs> killing everybody. Right. Mm-hmm. And so I had this really, really good feeling that I had the opportunity of, um, of of winning defense play of the year. And i never forget a story hit, and Jason Taylor like, oh, he shouldn't go, he shouldn't win, he got suspended, and all this other stuff. And I was like, come on, dude, I mean, really, politicking? And we're playing in the playoffs, and they're, they're not, right? Yeah, exactly. So I sent him some popcorn to, us, to, this, to his locker. Mm-hmm. I knew somebody down there, so I mailed it and had him personally bring it to his locker. I sent him some popcorn, a lights out T-shirt, and a note that said, "Watch us in the playoffs." <laughs> so uh, that that cut him deep. That that hurt. Did he ever respond or anything? No, or he Did no, he get the message? It was yeah. He got it for sure because one one of the uh, guys who I knew that that uh, worked for the team uh-huh. hand delivered it to him. So I know he got it. And uh, yeah, that that you know that was a major. That was a clap back before like the clap back now. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I was I was king of the clap back, man. I got some good ones.
1: And you know, you're you know, before that were named defensive, you know, rookie of the year. Yeah. Right now for the Turps, Darnell Savage is lighting it up. Do you think he's he's gonna be the next turb to get defensive rookie I, of the year? I I
0: think so. Um, you know, it, it was uh one thing about Darnell, he's always around the ball, right? Um you got these guys who um that has a knack for being being around the ball. And I, and I don't want to com- compare him to Ed Reed just yet, um, but his body of work when he was here, he's always around the ball. And, um, you know, he had his first interception, what, two, was it one or two games ago? Oh,
1: last game. Yeah, like,
0: yeah last game. Um, and I was like, oh, you know, people are like, who, you know, Donnell's good. I said, dude, you, you haven't seen anything yet. This dude is around the football all the time. And um yeah, he can definitely be up up there, you know, if he keep on at his pace uh for defensive player of the year. It's hard now because, you know, the gives the guys who get sacks. I mean, that's mm-hmm. that's mainly who it goes to, but you know, the way he's playing and he's gonna have enough opportunities because their offense their offense is capable of putting up, you know, twenty five or twenty eight plus points a game. That means he a lot of teams are gonna be throwing. He's gonna have opportunities. So he if he's not in a top three of discussion at the end of the year. I'd be surprised.
1: Yeah, 3-0, and like their defense. Oh, yeah, crazy. absolutely.
0: And then, too, you know, uh, Aaron Rodgers. He's, yeah. He said it. He said, his defense, they're not getting enough credit. Mm-hmm. They know they got some savages, and, and one being Darnell on that defense.
1: Do you have a favorite NFL memory of yours?
0: Um, You, you know i would I would say maybe against the Raiders because I hate them so much they're between them and the patriots but um with two thousand six we opened up against the Raiders Monday night football and I just absolutely like just destroyed them. Mm-hmm. I think I had four or five sacks I didn't play the fourth quarter um but you know I was telling my team i you know you have these games where you're just in the zone and nobody can t- talk no, no matter what play the coach calls, you're gonna make one. you're gonna make a play whether the play is called for you or not. The quarterback is somehow just gonna run your direction, you're gonna find a way to go make a play. And uh I kept you know, we got in the end of the second quarter or beginning of the beginning of the second or yeah, beginning of the third. And I was telling my team I wanted to break the record. I wanted to break Derek Thomas's record. And um unfortunately I they took me out in the fourth quarter and that was it. But I, I wanted to get I wanted to break six plus acts in the game.
1: And, you know, you told us uh, you know about your lights out extreme fighting. Yeah. You know, how do you decide to starve it? And you know, tell everyone a little bit about that. Do you
0: know, um, so I, I grew up here, you know, like I told you in uh, in PG County, where mm-hmm. um in the DMV area, there's tons of boxers. My even my uncle and I have family members who are professional boxers. Mm-hmm. So by by you know got just being in the family we were all like fighters right we like at cookouts if there was like any problem we wanted to go get boxing gloves it was one of those like families where if me my cousins my uncles whoever we we had problems there was always a set of boxing gloves to fix everything right and then you figure you go two three rounds and then you go back to eating thanksgiving right so that was just like a part of it um so I, combat sports and boxing and fighting was just kind of in my blood naturally uh, fast forward into um, 2005. Between 2005 and 2006 season, um, MMA started to really come on the scene. Especially out where I was playing uh, in San Diego, Southern California became like a hub for a lot of big MMA people. And um, uh, I used to have all tons of people to come to the game. Uh, Chuck Liddell, Randy Couture, Tito Ortiz. I mean, these guys will come because they were, uh, you know, fans of the Chargers, and they. I got really close with them, so I got a chance to um, start working out with them during the offseason. At the time, I just wanted to work my hand-out coordination, being an outside linebacker slash defensive end. It was, like, really good for me to be active with my hands. So I started to do that, but then I started to really get good at it, um, and then I started to enjoy it. So I did it almost every offseason my whole entire career, actually to the point where I was going to um, take a fight. I I wanted to fight because I was training to fight around 2014 after I retired 2014, 2015 um, and this whole lights out thing with my clothing line and everything was also picking up. Uh, fast forward um, to about two years ago uh, there was a former uh, MMA league that was a local uh, a farm league for the UFC and Bellator um, in Burbank California called CXF California Extreme Fighting. Um, I, I came met with the two uh, met my two part now partners, sat down with them and said look i love this sport i breathe it I, I really do love being around it i still train three four days a week now um with guys and i want to go on we've rebranded the league to um like that extreme fighting uh, we're now on fox sports west prime ticket and six other regions in the country texas florida uh, ohio arizona um hawaii and so forth and i think this uh, fight that we just had on saturday is uh in six more regions so i'm trying to i'm working it out here man because I, I think that um mma do extremely well out in the dmv area so lights out extreme fighting uh, lights out is the website
2: and it seems like you've been getting a lot of support for some a- other athletes on that
0: yeah yeah we, we actually uh chris mccain who played for the chargers and played for the uh dolphins played a uh, defensive end he uh I, I got him i brought him out from north carolina he came out uh just a physical specimen. Um he's built very much and I don't like to compare guys, but he's built very much like John Jones and I do believe that he's going to be a world champion in the next couple of years. Um and I got him to uh take fights in light like out extreme fighting. He just uh he's 2-0. Oh, he just defeated um a guy who's been uh doing uh jiu-jitsu since he was like 9 years old. Mm-hmm. And you know, my whole thing is um, uh, as football players, we're like physical specimens already. And I, I tell people all the time, I say, I've I seen 6 seven, 350-pound offensive linemen. So to go and see somebody my size, I'm actually that's a relief. Mm-hmm. I'm not even worried about that because i already seen the best left tackles in the world. And uh, these guys are big, strong, fast, and mobile and, and stuff like that. And now going into this sport and picking up on the craft of it, you can have a lot of uh, success. And the guys who I'm bringing over are having tremendous amount of success because they love the sport. They love competing. Um, you know, you only got a certain number of years to play football, either because of injury age or, uh, you know, maybe just you, you're moving on from football. I mean, there's, it's a short lifespan to actually play the, the sport, which to me is still the, you know, the greatest sport in the world. Um, but guys are coming over in transition. We got another big announcement of a former um uh, NFL player that's coming over and a former, uh, NBA player that's coming over and fighting and lights out extreme fighting in the next couple months.
1: So are you just like organized stuff or are you going to get in the ring a little bit?
0: Do you know, it's, it's still up in the air. Um, you know, I, I, train with the guys out Long Beach, uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday, just to kind of stay with it. Uh, the difference, the, the difference is, you know, like MMA and fighting in general is not a sport you go try out, right? Yeah. Like if you want to go try to be a swimmer. Or like go try uh kayaking or something like I'm gonna go try <laughs> this. I wanna go do I wanna go do that. Like you go try those sports, right? Fighting, you do it or you don't do it because you gotta think the guy front across from you doesn't doesn't don't care if you don't feel like being in a cage or not. Or if you're not ready. You know, it's a dangerous sport. Great sport but dangerous.
1: I mean you got a lot else going on too, you're telling us about uh the you know beanie ball hats
0: even have yes yes um so i i came across something about six months ago um that my that my partner's now it's a beanie a beanie ball which which should be out here pretty soon it, to me it's the, the it, it's going to be the best tailgating uh gift that you can give somebody it's a football that throws a um a perfect spiral and it also has a zipper on it you open it up and it's a beanie so when it gets cold out here like that's going to be the thing to do, and uh, so I, I can't wait to uh, get it out here on campus. That I really do believe it's going to take off. People are going to enjoy it because I'm I'm hooked on it. Unfortunately, I live in Cali where, right, you know, it's warm. Um, but you know, you uh, you get to the West Coast and, and other parts of the country where in you know the next month or so it's going to start getting cold. And uh, th- these beanie balls are going to be legit, and I can't wait to get them here to the campus. You got to
1: get some
0: with some like Maryland logos on them. I have them made. I nice. have them I have I have them ready to go. I have them ready to go. I'm going to send a few. I'll send. I'll make sure I send you guys some out. All right. I'll send you good. guys. I'll send you guys some out this week, and you tell me how you like it. You can tell everybody else, and so I, I don't have to like pump it too much. I think it's going to be like the greatest tailgate gift. Here. Nice.
1: that'll be okay. cool? and then you got your code drive coming yep. up too.
0: Got the code drive. Yeah.
1: And as we finish things up, we'll just do some quick rapid fire okay. thing again for coming on. Let's do it. Uh so what was your pre-game NFL ritual?
0: Uh loud music um and uh I, it was always some kind of po- some kind of positive stuff for energy, but cut the phone off 3 hours before the game. So anybody asking me for tickets, like they're done. They already got them out. <laughs> they're well called. I got no more tickets. That's it. So long as that happened I was like locked in. So, and, and I and it was Lil John. I listened to um, <laughs> Lil John almost every every game.
2: What about your biggest
0: NFL purchase? Um, let's see. My house. You know, I, I, I bought a, a house here for my mom in Greenbelt and I bought my house in uh in San Diego. So that was like the first like big one and I was like, Oh God, it's a lot of <laughs> <laughs> And uh, my G wagon, which I had for like oh, ten nice. years, mm-hmm. I, my my um uh, my G wagon.
1: And you know who is your favorite player in the league right now? If you would to pick one,
0: um probably probably Khalil Mack, um as as a positional standpoint because you just you love his like his tenacity and the way he approached mm-hmm. the game. And every time you look up, this this dude is uh, another one around the round of football. He's making a play. And doesn't matter if you block him with two, two guys or not, he's still gonna find some way to be disruptive. Um, but yeah, there's there's other guys I love to watch too. You still got the ones that have been around for a while, the JJ Watts of the world, and uh, and those guys Vaughn Miller. Uh, on the other side of the ball, you have um, you know Melvin Gordon just just came. He's just reported back today. He was at my. He was at the lights out extreme fighting. He actually told one of the reporters there that he'll be back soon, and they picked it up, and I was like, yes, he broke it at the fight. <laughs> um, but, uh, yeah. You mentioned
1: Khalil Mack. You got Josh Woods on that roster now. So, that'll be – was, I was talking to him every day. He was telling me he was learning a lot from him, so that'll be cool. It,
0: it's it's the – you know what? That's the best thing that you can do as a young player because you don't often get a chance to be around a guy like Khalil Mack. And if you do, um, like, live around him. Whatever he's watching, whatever he's eating, whatever time he's going to sleep – you you try to go to sleep as close to that time as possible, and because uh, that that information is invaluable, and uh, you 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 can't even you can't pay for it.
2: And then the uh, final question we have for you: uh, Super Bowl prediction and MVP.
0: Oh, um, you know, and I hate to say it because I had so many years of rivalry against <laughs> them with Patriots. They just, you know, every year they have a shot. Mm-hmm. As long as Tom Brady's there, and long as Bill Belichick, Bill Belichick is there, they have a opportunity to go to the Super Bowl until they retire. I'll I'll say otherwise, but them and um, you know, you could see you know Green Bay back. You know, you could see Green Bay back. I mean, you know, the, I think the Rams are undefeated now too. Still, right? Mm-hmm. So you you know you could have a rematch between the two. Um, you know what the Bills, the, the Bills, I was there too, but. In the '90s, they went four times. Mm-hmm. You know, so you you could have them back because they had a young team. They got you know Sean McVay, great coach, Goff, and and that and Aaron Donald, who's you know probably one or two best in football with him and Khalil. So, you know, you can see that you can see that repeat also another two times. Mm-hmm. And then MVP. Uh, if he's if they if the Patriots get there, you're gonna go with Tom. You know, right. Tom you, you got element and stuff, but if you say Tom then you're safe. Right? Because that's always <laughs> yeah. you, you can't be wrong. Yeah. You can't you can't be wrong. Like nobody's gonna get mad at you and say, Oh my god, how are you gonna say Tom Brady is to an MVP you know what? So you might have a receiver that you know, you might have Josh Gordon might have a great game. Mm-hmm. So it's either gonna be Josh Gordon or Tom Brady.
1: Yeah.
0: You know, so you can never never really lose that conversation.
1: All right. Well, thank you so much for joining us. Appreciate it,
0: guys. Thank you.
1: Yeah, Sean Merriman, make sure to check out Lights Out Extreme Fighting and his uh, beanie balls coming up.
0: That's right.